ways this is a terrible time that we're living in. And in other ways, I'm so excited about it because I'm like, this is your opportunity. You can't tell people to come to your church right now. Yes. And that's what I'm trying to tell people to stop doing is stop inviting people to your events. Build a relationship with them first. And now we're in a time where social media is about the only way that we can build relationships with people. So start building relationships now. Take the things, those of you that have churches out there that have um, small groups. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, and we have a special conversation today uh, with our returning guest uh, that I'm so excited to have back, Sharissa Carnell. Sharissa, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So if you could catch up our listeners who didn't listen to our last podcast, and you've actually gone through some significant life change since then as well, about who you are, what you do, and your background in social media. Absolutely, yes. So um, as Neil said, I'm Sharissa Carnell. I am... Um, Currently now, which has changed since we last spoke, um, I am the National Director of Social Media at Teach for America. So um, basically, Teach for America is a nonprofit, and we believe in um, educational equity for all children, no matter their background, um, no matter where they come from, where they live. Um, There's a lot of difficulties facing our children out there. And clearly right now we are in a season um, on today, March 20th of um, some really difficult times for, especially with education. And so um, Teach for America um, works to bridge the gap where there are a lot of inequities for children who, and we believe that they all should be able to have um, a quality education, no matter what. And so that's where I am right now um, as National Director of Social Media. Um, just to catch everyone up a little bit on kind of what my background is, I started in television news. I moved into uh, working for a startup, running their social media. And they so graciously asked me to do that at a time when I didn't really have a lot of experience, but obviously I learned a lot through that. Um, And then the startup was bought by Western Union Financial Services. And I spent five years um, leading the global community management team at Western Union, learned a ton where we implemented a very unique content strategy. And this is what we talked about on our our last time I was here. where we use social listening to determine what our audiences were talking about and found that that was food, um, which seems so odd, but actually connects really well to the fact that our customers were living outside of their home country and food was what connected them back to home. And we took that and said, we as as a company want to be the thing that connects you back to home as well when you send and receive money. And so we used that as our content strategy and it worked really well. We had some, saw some incredible growth and um, change in what we were doing. So that was awesome. Um, And then I decided to make a shift and I went to Stanford University, which is my alma mater, ran their social media for almost three years, um, just kind of got them um, off the ground and running with social media and really um, getting a lot of things kind of situated and in place and for higher ed, you know, social media is exciting, but difficult and has its own challenges. Um, But we were able to do a lot of really exciting things in um, just under three years. And then, like I said, now um, I'm at Teach for America and I plan to be here for 
for a while. <laughs> Good. What I and and you have a deep heart, and this is where you and I connected to serve the church um, and and to serve yep. churches and help take your learnings um, and help churches apply those learnings. Uh, in a very practical way. Um, and one of the things I love too, I mean, I, I, I have a different background, uh, but because my background was mostly in ministry, mm-hmm. um, but, but it really, what I found uh, in the past few years of running a social media marketing agency, if I've worked with bail bonds companies and home builders and realtors and, uh, you know, all kinds of unique, interesting, different organizations in every single one of those sectors and or healthcare even uh, has taught me something new. And, and I've learned new techniques that help as I primarily work with ministries uh, to, to help them become more effective. So I'm, I'm excited about this conversation. Um, before we get into the conversation around social listening and really digging into that uh, aspect of, of your expertise, how, um, what, what do you, what, how are you navigating and, and how should churches be navigating this unique moment uh, that we're in the middle of uh, where we can't physically gather? What are you seeing? What are you seeing there where you are and what do you, what do you, uh, hopeful for in this season? Yeah. So I'll start with just kind of where we are um, with where I am at Teach for America CFA. Um, In terms of social media, you know, we have content plans and um, calendars and all of this, which have all been put on hold and everything has been paused and we have completely redirected our focus to anything related to coronavirus in terms of resources that we can provide as an organization. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the way this relates really well to churches is that if you have the people and the resources that you can provide as a church, like this is the time, Mm -hmm. it makes sense. And I know, you know, we're going to talk about social listening, but what's so interesting to me right now is that, (laughs) and this is going to be odd to say, given that this is what we're talking about, but like right now today, you don't even need social listening. Mm. Everyone's talking about coronavirus. Like we know that. We don't have to have an extra tool to tell us that. Whereas before we needed that because we didn't know what do people want to hear about? What do they want to see? But right now you can go on any social media platform and you see it. And so what we found at TFA is that um, first of all, we needed to like really ground ourselves in what is it that we can provide that makes sense because it's our it's where we're knowledgeable and yeah. the experience and the expertise that we have as an organization so we are not talking about like medical facts and we are not giving yeah. people recommendations on met anything related to medical um anything like that, like that is not in our wheelhouse. So what we are trying to do is help with all of these people who are trying to do remote learning now um, and really leaning into the hashtag remote learning. So Mm -hmm. that is one piece Um, here where I am in Alabama. uh, A lot of parents are now homeschooling because I I know in some areas um, they are doing remote learning and that schools are, have been prepped for that or are working on that Um, down here, we kind of just shut down and the schools were just like, we're, we're pausing. And there was no communication about remote uh, learning or online learning. And so we, um, a lot of parents have taken it upon themselves to now homeschool Hmm. and work from home at the same time. And so we're trying to push out resources to help them with lesson plans. I mean, we have teachers, we have core, what we call core members that are our teachers that teach and taught in schools prior to this pandemic. Um, and so we are just trying to, to look at what is within our wheelhouse that we can provide. 
So again, switching over to churches, um, gosh, you've got like uh, children's ministers who have so much that they can, sure, it's not a school level, but I know there are plenty of parents out there right now who are like, forget the the school lesson plan. I can't handle it. I wasn't called to be a homeschool teacher. That's why my (laughs) child was in school and I just can't do it. And so, but at the same time, I know that they want to continue to teach their child biblical principles. And so providing these lesson plans, lesson plans that, you know, are not necessarily school-based, but can be God-based lesson plans. That is a huge need that, and and it needs to be consistent. Um, You know, not the one-off like, oh, this is a great resource. Do this. It takes five minutes. And now what do I do for the other four weeks, you know, Um, but just something that's consistent. Um, And I know, you know, our church, Church of the Highlands has done a great job of putting the lessons, um, the Sunday children's services online along with our adult services. And I just have to tell you as a parent, like that has been incredible for me to see, Hmm. uh, just to be a part of that with my daughter who's four and a half. And we just had such a good time just sitting and almost just watching her worship and watching her like get so excited about what she was seeing because Uh, it was something she was familiar with and she was sharing that with us. uh, Um, And so I guess that's just kind of where my head is right now um, on what can we do as churches to, to really um, it's not about taking advantage of the time that we're in. It's really about how do we provide value to yeah. our communities and not just our, definitely to our congregation, but not just our congregation. There are so many people out there right now who need something yeah. Yeah. Um, and we can, we can help them. You know, it's, it's such a fascinating time. And I, I think we were talking before this, um, before we started recording is that our world will probably never be the same. You know, education is changing. Um, and, my, my mom's a psychologist. She's, um, she was anxious about what does she do? Well, all of a sudden insurance companies are now allow, allowing telemedicine and she has, you know, done for decades face-to-face counseling. Well, now she's forced into telemedicine. She's a week in. She's like, I don't think I want to go back to regular counseling. Wow. I love this. Yeah. Uh, I'm able to help way more people uh, through this and I don't have to leave my, my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's, there's so many things that it's, it's opening eyes and, and thank God for the technology that exists today that, that your church can minister to your children uh, during this time. And, and that, um, you know, there's, there's just so many unique ministry opportunities that exist. It's not as if churches have to close down in this time. They just have to begin to think differently. Um, and it's, it, there's not a turnkey. This is how you do it. Uh, but I think being intentional and whatever you start doing now, you don't just flip back to, to when you go back. I think these are, these are developments and systems you're going to be doing in your church uh, for the rest of your church's life. Um, and so this is something to lean into for the long-term future, even when we begin having physical gatherings again. I, I would love, um, let's get into social listening a little yeah, bit absolutely. around um, just how, what does that mean to social listen? Like, so even right now when you say, listen and you would hear the coronavirus, how does somebody, maybe what are some practical tools uh, that, that a church could use and what, what should they be listening for? Yeah. So um, first of all, some tools. Um, if you have a social media management tool already as a church, yeah. 
Yep. Check into that and see what options do they provide for listening. Yep. Um, and being a church, a lot of times, um, you know, you can get discounts or things like that on listening. Most uh, tools will have the social media management piece will be kind of the core and yep. then listening will be something in addition. And so a lot of times you have to pay for that extra. Yes. Um but uh, you can start small with just taking what are people saying at and to you, meaning yep. they at mention you on Twitter, they comment on your content, things like that. But that is so directed based on what your content is. So it's not a really, it's not the best um, way to listen. So sure. listening is really just getting um, a feel for the conversations and it's almost like just a fire hose of conversations that are coming in um, that are not at mentioning you or commenting on your content. Um, And, and it can be around anything. So you can listen uh, for your brand, um, which I consider more social monitoring versus listening. So monitoring being like, we want to make sure that mm-hmm. the sentiment is not negative around who we are, yep. or we want to monitor for this particular situation. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, just if, if you're like, like for churches who change their name, like that's huge. So let's monitor what are people saying about this name change and how can we make sure that we are the voice leading the conversation in yeah. the positive direction so that yeah. we're not, sucked into the negativity that could come from that. So that's just an example of kind of the monitoring. If we can jump into that real quick, yeah, though, because I get, I get a lot of questions from churches of when people say bad things about our church, should we respond? Should we leave it alone? You know, what, what, should, what do you yeah. think a church should do with that negativity as it's going to happen? Yeah. yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, for the most part, I'm a, I'm a big believer in responding to every single person if you can. Okay. Every single person. Yeah. However, (laughs) um, there are always exceptions to this and you do have to take it case by case. Um, If it is someone that you know, you've seen them before and they have just been tearing your name apart, you know, or your ministry, um, then typically they're best to leave them alone. But the big thing is not just responding to respond your goal is never to respond and hope that they just stop. Your goal is to figure out why are they upset? Hmm. So a lot of times that means taking that to a private channel. If it's someone in your church and you have contact, excuse me, contact information for that person, email them, call them, reach out. We know, and this is where things like this get so interesting to me because it's like in the church, if someone walked up to the pastor and said something really nasty about his sermon, the pastor would know immediately there's something going on Mm -hmm. deep down in this person's life. And it's not really my sermon. It's that God pricked their heart about something that I said, and I need to talk and figure this out. And typically they'd probably say, let's meet for coffee. Why don't you come into the office? Let's sit down and chat. Cause they know that there's something there that's deeper that they need to try and like peel back the layers and figure out what that is and really help this person. So when we look at that in social media, a lot of times we forget about that and we just are like, this person's just mean or, yeah. you know, or something like that. And so this is where, um, Goodness, it's so helpful to have like your small group leaders, um, people in your church who are, you know, ministry pastors, people like that, who can really help to watch what are people saying. And if it's a, if it's something really big that you really feel like you're not sure how to, how to respond or if you should respond, bring it in front of other people and 
you know, other leadership in your church and say, hey, guys, here's what we saw. What do we think? And if there's someone who says, hey, I recognize that name. They have a child in children's ministry. Um, maybe we haven't met the parent, and that's fine. Yep. They have a child in children's ministry. Why don't you let me reach out? Let me see how I – because there may be something so deep that we just can't see on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's my big message to mm-hmm. people is always like, don't respond just to get that person, just to like satisfy them and like get yep. them to stop. Yep. Respond to figure out what's going on because there's something deeper happening and that's why they're lashing out in some yep. way. Yep. Um, and then you will have cases where you've done that, you know, and yep. you've taken those steps and they're still doing it. And at that point, um, they're a detractor. That's what we call a detractor, someone okay. who constantly um yeah so we have advocates and we have detractors in the social media world so the detractor is the person who just will not stop and that's the point where if you just ignore them um usually they will stop um but i always do i always say also to reply publicly to let everyone else see that you are taking measures. Um, And then typically you want to take it to a private channel because there's going to be some things you want to talk about that shouldn't be public. But once you've done that, circle back around publicly and say, Hey, John, it was so great to talk to you over the phone today. We're so glad that we were able to help you, you know, with your situation or what, you know, whatever is obviously is okay to say publicly and connect that dot so that the, everyone else can see you took action, you you t- spoke to the person, yeah. and then anything else, if this person decides that they want to come back with false information and say, you know, whatever they want to say, then sure. you've got that do- kind of documented that this yep. is what happened and we did speak to this person. And everyone else can kind of see, okay, like we know, <laughs> yes. we know like what's going on here and we move on to, you know our own conversation. Um, I I do have a good example of that, which has always been my favorite from when I was at Western union. And the first time we started working on this, what we call closing the loop. So we had someone who was very upset with us. He was like, quote unquote, yelling at us through social media. Um, We told him we wanted to help. We took it offline and talked to him first through private messaging and ultimately over the phone and this whole thing, we got it resolved came back and I responded to him and said, hey, we're so glad we were able to talk to you on the phone. We are excited to say that we are able to get your money to you, you know, by this date and kind of just told the resolution. And it didn't take long for him to come back. And this was a guy who was telling us he was calling Fox News and CNN and like, he was very mad and he was going to blast us on every media outlet out there. And he came back And he said, I can't say thank you enough. And I'm so sorry for how I reacted. And he was like, I hope that you all have an amazing holiday season and Merry Christmas to all of you. And it was like, but, but now for everyone else to see that, first of all, this was not a Christian organization clearly, but first of all, to have that change in his heart and then to publicly say that. Yes. Now he's not going to come back and say negative things unless he has another issue because he has publicly said, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Yes. And now everyone else has seen that and realized that as a, as a brand, we cared about him enough to reach out and one-on-one deal with the situation. And so how much more should we be doing that as a church Yes. and reaching out one-on-one? 
I love it. I, and I want to share before you get into kind of social listening, uh, the social monitoring is a fascinating concept. Uh, one of the things I, I, I tell churches that I, it shocks me that they don't have Google alerts set up. You know, I always have had my pastors, any of my clients, I've got them set up on Google alerts that if anything pulls up on Google, I want to be the first to know and to alert them and be able to respond. Um, and so if you're not using that tool alone, I think that's a good place to start. Um, but, but I remember, and this was probably five years ago, maybe, um, maybe it was less than that, but I was, I was staying at the JW Marriott at a conference in, um, Arizona somewhere. And they, uh, I just, I tagged, you know, I posted something and I tagged that I was at the JW Marriott within an hour. I went back to my room in between sessions and I had a plate of Houston Texans decorated cookies on my desk. Well, my tweet had nothing to do with the Texans. They literally saw that I tagged. It probably was alerted because maybe I have more, more followers. I, I really don't know. Yeah. But they went as far as to then give me decorated cookies in a written note. Um, and it, I mean, and because I had posted, I had tweeted just before that in a couple of tweets about the Texans mm -hmm. and that level. And, and so immediately what I did is I tweeted a picture of those cookies and they yeah, knew right. I was going to do that. Exactly. And how far that will go when you just take the, are intentional about social media monitoring and how, what people are saying. There's, there's a pastor that I'm working with right now, Mike Todd in Tulsa. And he, he does such an incredible job on his Instagram of when people tag him in a post, he's resharing it on his mm. Insta stories all the time and, and basically making it clear. I heard you. Uh, and I, I'm, and, and I'm listening, you know, uh, that, that goes a long way. So good. It does. I, I love, love that thoughts. story. Yeah. Well, tell me, so let's, let's move into the other side. So beyond <laughs> people talking about you, what, what should churches be listening for? Yeah. So this is the fun part. This is where it gets exciting and good. people get nervous and scared about it sometimes, but, um, so we should be listening for what our audiences are talking about um, outside of talking about us as a church. And, um, and I think this is where tying into what you said earlier, Niels, about um, when this whole craziness that we're living in right now with COVID, when that is over, not just going back to the way things were before that um you know, you said you, you expect there to be, this is, this really is the new normal, right? Yes. Now it may not be as 24 seven as it is right now. Yep. We are going to start meeting in back in church buildings again one day. Um, but the ability to do things online is going to be so much more. And I think this is where I see that I mentioned that we don't have to have a social listening tool right now to know what people are saying. If you are on any platform right now on social media, you, you can see what people are talking about. Yep. And so taking a minute to think about what can we as an organization provide, what, how can we provide value? So from that, when this is all over with, don't stop, just change course. Maybe you're no longer sharing biblical lesson plans anymore because now kids hopefully are back in school at some point. Um, and when that happens, don't change course in terms of consistently providing value that is not talking about joining your church or attending a service because right now, and that's what so, I'm just like so excited in some ways, this is a terrible 
in some ways is a terrible time that we're living in. And in other ways, I'm so excited about it because I'm like, this is your opportunity. You can't tell people to come to your church right now. And that's what I'm trying to tell people to stop doing is stop inviting people to your events, build a relationship with them first. And now we're in a time where social media is about the only way that we can build relationships with people. So start building relationships. Now take the things those of you that have churches out there that have um, small groups and you have resources for your small groups, take some of those and build social media content out of that. Just start creating content around parenting. Lord knows we need content around parenting right now. We are all stuck in the house 24 seven and we're at our wits end. Um, Create content around parenting, whatever it is that you already have that you can provide um, an expertise, a viewpoint, um, something that's in your wheelhouse and you can provide that. And then when this is all over, instead of just all of a sudden going back to Hey, come to our, we're all back now. Yes, we're all going to be excited. Invite people to your church. That is fine because we're all going to be excited when we can get back in our church buildings. But don't lose sight of the fact that there are people who are now so accustomed to connecting with you on social media because that's what they've been doing for weeks, months, however long this lasts. Um, don't lose sight of that and continue to create content that get, provides value. And when they are ready, to come back into a building or come into a building for the first time, they will be connected with you already. And it will just feel like they're walking into their home, uh, their church home, because they're already connected and have been connected for so long. So, um, and sorry, I didn't talk about actual listening just yet, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but that just got me so excited. Um, But so in terms of actually listening, so what are we listening for? We are listening for the conversations that our audiences are having that has nothing to do with us, but has everything to do with them. Um, We are using the tools, which will allow us to see what words and topics bubble to the top. Um, What are those top, take the top five, look at those. Do any of those resonate with who you are as a church? Does it make sense with the personality? Be okay with it being with it being something that you don't feel like you would normally talk about if you know that you do have something to say about it. Yeah. So maybe you have a really strong small group that is around a specific topic that to, so let's let's use this as an example because of where we are right now with covid. Exercise. You may have a small group that is really strong and they've been exercising and hiking and doing all these things. And now they're still really strong because they're having to do it all online. And they found out, found creative ways to do this. And maybe that's one of the topics that bubbles up in social listening that says people are talking about exercise yeah. um, now or later, doesn't matter. Go tap into that small group, that small group leader and the people that are helping them lead those small groups and say, Hey, We want to start creating more content around exercise. Um, Sure, it's not directly biblical, but it is about well-being and it is about helping people stay healthy mentally, physically, and 
at the same time, the, the main thing is that it's going to help you build a relationship. It's the whole purpose of small groups. You can almost think of social media as like an extra small group because mm-hmm. the whole purpose is to build relationship around something that other people care about. Yeah. And that's what we're going to try to do with this content strategy of talking about something you may not normally talk about, um, but because it's building a relationship and you have, you have a voice in it, you have something you can provide, value you can provide to your audience, building that community and that audience, um, sorry, that relationship around this topic that all of a sudden when churches open back up, someone has connected to your church online because of your exercise tips or your, or your live exercise classes that you're offering from your small group leader. They connected and they loved it. And now they decide maybe I should try this church thing. And they come to your church because they have a connection. And while it is, you know, I do want to say like, it is not all about getting numbers in your church but it is about connecting to people and like going after the one. Um, And so I think that's where it's important and where social listening can really help us. Yeah. Boy, that's so good. So I want to get practical of how you do it. And I think Sprout Social from our other conversations is your go-to tool Uh, in Sprout Social. For those that do have Sprout Social, what do you click? And I think the biggest question I have is how do you define your audience? Is that your followers or is that, everyone in your city, who, who would you say is your audience? How do you define that? Yeah. So I would start with everyone who's following you. Um, start there. You know, what I'm wanting to do and trying to do and not every tool offers this. So this is where it gets a little bit tricky, but just geolocating. So I want to listen to what's happening around your church building so that we're getting that community outside of it. And a few tools offer that, um, Actually, I don't think, actually, no, Sprout Social does offer that. Um, Yeah. So the other kind of tricky part is you do have to put in some keywords. Okay. Um, So you need to put in keywords that, and this is where, um, unless you have a a really robust tool. So we had a really robust tool called NetBase. Those of you who have the finances and can go get something like that, it's an incredible tool. That's what we used at Western Union. Um, we had a very large budget at Western Union. <laughs> I will caveat it with that. Um, most churches are not going to have that, and that's yeah. completely understandable. And yeah. so what I would recommend is take um, – I would recommend starting with your small groups because you're going to have expertise there. You're going to have resources already. Mm-hmm. You don't want to jump onto something where you're like, I have no idea. Just even if it is the number one talked about topic in your yeah. area, if you don't know what to say about it, it is not the topic you need to take on. Yeah. So take your small groups and just pull those out into really big topics that in keywords that you could put in and then look at, okay, which of these bubbles up to the top as Mm -hmm. the most talked about keyword um, in social media. Um, It does take a little bit of time because some tools are not going to retro. So Twitter will be the only one that will retro back at least 30 days. So you'll be able to go ahead and kind of see, Twitter is also going to be your main source, unfortunately. So those of you yeah. who are primarily on Facebook, it's going to be a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, you can still do it. It just may take a little bit of time to really figure out exactly what those topics are for you. Yeah. But um, so give it some time, figure out what your topic is. And once you know, start yeah. with just one. Don't try to do okay. too much. Yep. Start with one. 
get that content together, push it out and don't, and don't ask people to do anything. Just give them the content, you know? Yeah. I mean, ask them to comment on it. That's fine. Ask them yes. questions, but don't ask them to come to an event to even to join a live stream. Yep. Don't make them do anything to get this free yes. content, this free advice. Yeah. Um, just give it to them and see what happens. Yeah. And then have people in your church that you trust who can yep. be available either as the church or as themselves yep. ready to respond to those who comment. Okay. So when people start talking about it, whatever it is you put out there, this exercise tip and people start yep. talking about it and sharing mm-hmm. it and new people see it. Yep have people available who can then jump in and respond who know about the topic. So you, you want to make sure it's your, yes. your exercise small group that is available to respond and say, Oh yeah, you can adjust and do the same thing on a chair or on yeah. the floor. If you don't have access or your kids are sleeping and you can't have the music on. Well, here's an, uh, whatever, you know, I'm yeah. not an ex- exercise <laughs> expert. Um, but you know, just can be there to keep that conversation moving and yeah. continue to build community. Fascinating. So, so some ideas might be health or marriage or parenting, like those would be those keywords. And then you see what, what yep. bubbles up from those keywords. Yeah. yeah. And then with that, so typically you'll see something that will bubble up and let's say it's marriage. Yep. You can drill down into marriage and then look at what are all the pieces of content. Mm. What is everybody yeah. saying about marriage? Yes. Um, are, what are some of the questions that they're asking? What are some of the yeah. difficulties, the issues? Um, and sometimes, you know, I've noticed that sometimes it'll just be like funny stuff, like memes yeah. and things like that, where people, especially right now, people are like, yeah. I'm stuck with my spouse and, you know, yes. did I marry the right person and stuff like that. Um, but like, still you take that as knowledge to say, yeah. okay, Let's talk about, even if we want to have, what is, what is our voice and tone? Do we want it to yeah. be funny? And maybe we do, yeah. and we can take some of this and put out some funny content about being with your yes. spouse 24 seven. You all of a sudden are coworkers now. Yes. You are both working from home. Yep. You are now coworkers and you've yep. been separate for at least eight hours a day before yes. this. So like, yes. how do, how do we deal with that? You know? Um, so yeah. So I think, find what that, what that topic is that pops up and then drill down into that and see specifically what are people yep. saying about it? Yeah, that's so, that's so good. I, I think too, and this is not, that's not something I've done. Uh, you know, I, I remember at community Bible church, we used to search for somebody would say moving to San Antonio and we would send them messages. And so we did a little bit of social listening, but this is yep. a new level. Yep. And I think the technologies have come a lot further that, that there's some really powerful tools out there. Uh, I'm thinking practically so that, you know, one of my newest clients that I've been spending a lot of time with is, is Mike Todd, uh, who I shared about earlier. And he, he blew up on social media through a YouTube, you know, series called relationship goals. And he's one of those just insightful leaders. That's always leaning in and, and listening in. Um, but what's fascinating is we were just looking at his, his Instagram data the other day and we thought his sermon video clips were going to be the most significant. Well, if we look at the last, you know, 100 posts, the top 10, or yeah, probably the top 5% of the post, all of them were pictures of him and his wife. Uh, it was relationships. Does that make sense? So people it. that are engaging with him, yep. it's relationships. And they have learned that for their audience, which is primarily young, 25 to 35 year olds, 
um, are interested in relationships um, and they lean into that. And it's not, and I think to your point is not every post is go watch the sermon series about relationships. It's, this is the favorite song that we love to dance to. It's the, you know, like uh, very practical, relatable content um, to their community, to their, to their congregation in many ways. So yeah, it's, I love it. That I love that example. That's a really good story. It's about reaching people where they are. Yeah. Yeah. And not expecting them to change or yes. adapt to what you are and who you are. Um, yep. If they're not, look, I can sit and watch sermon clips all day. Yep. That's just, that's just me. Yep. Um, a lot of people are not like that. That is not yep. what they sit down and yes. pull out their phone to do. Yes. I've watched Judah Smith on Instagram live, like, like several times this week. Yep. Um, other, some people just don't, that's just not what they sit yep. down to look at. And so those who I love it because those who cling on to that relationship content at some point, they're going to see that sermon clip about relationships and it is going to mean so much more to them because now they feel like, wow, I connect with you because that's also my favorite song to dance to. Or I didn't know that was my favorite song. I turned it on and now it's my favorite song. And now I'm going to listen to you because I feel connected to you in some way. So Man, that's such a good example. I love that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, and I, uh, the more I think about this, and, and I think the reality that ministry leaders need to understand is that social media is a lot of work. Social media done well is a lot of work, but social media done well has such meaningful and deep impact um, and it is worth the hard work. And so there's not a magic bullet to this. Uh, there's some smart strategies, uh, but it's going to require you digging in and being very thoughtful and intentional And if all you're going to do is just post your links, uh, you might as well, then you're wasting your time. Uh, So we don't want you to waste your time. We want you to wisely. I love to, you just say, just give them free content with no, you know, just valuable content uh, for their lives. Uh, As as we wrap up this conversation, uh, I would love any final thoughts you might want to share with church leaders around this topic or anything at all social media related. Yeah, I think the big thing, um, I actually spoke about this just a couple of days ago. And one of the big questions that I got was, uh, first of all, how long did it take you to see people responding to this kind of content that was very yes. different from what your organization would typically yes. post? And, and two, um, were you nervous or scared when you started posting this kind of content? And I was yeah. like, Yes. Um, But to answer the first part, um, it took us probably a good month of, of posting content to see a true shift. Um, And for us, we started seeing, and this, and I say a true shift, we were going from people who thought that our brand was complete scam, like Western union. You see it. If you get on Craigslist, don't use Western union like that. That's what we were battling. And we went from that to, I can't tell you how, I have a folder full of screenshots of people literally saying, I trust Western Union. And for all these different reasons. And so we we started looking just for people saying they trust Western Union. Um, And so that was the kind of change that we saw. And that was a non-ministry organization, um, not God-centered. And I'm just going, goodness, like there's so much potential there for a church. So it took about a month for us to start to see that shift. 
Um, and then I would say maybe three months or so before we started seeing that really like gold content uh, or gold like responses of I yeah. trust Western Union. Wow. Um, but we saw it and that was yes. incredible. Um, and then, yes, it was scary at first because, you know, we actually, our senior leadership said, why in the world are you talking about this yeah. content? Why are we talking about food on social yeah. media? This doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Um, and we had to, you know, just, just give us time, just see yeah. what happens. Yep. And so it was scary because not only were our senior leadership saying this, but yeah. can you imagine what, what could the millions of followers that we yes. had, yes. what would they be saying about yeah. this? Like, that's yeah. crazy. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you're going to be nervous when you first start. Um, yeah. But I really, I really think, like you said, it is worth it in the end. And when you start to see those relationships form and those yeah. people are really latching on to what you're talking about. So I think my final thoughts are, don't be scared to do something new. Yes. It's okay. Yes. Um, I, I don't want us to get stuck in the, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like let's always be better. Let's always be better than what we are today. And so try it and then don't be afraid to shift. If it isn't working, if you picked the wrong topic and nobody's connecting yeah. with it, that's okay. Shift. Um, you know, unless you are a giant mega church, then call up me and Niels and let's sit down and chat about it and have a really good strategy. Um, but other than that, like people are not going to just go crazy because you change topics. Like it's okay. It's, it's, yes. it's okay. Um, so just try it and then stay consistent. Yes. Um, stay consistent, build relationships and just always keep your mind focused on the person you're reaching and the value that you can bring to them. Yeah, that's so good. Well, I, I'm guessing that our listeners probably like me have a million additional questions that we'd want to ask you. And the good news is, is that Sharissa has committed to being a regular here on the podcast. So you're yes. going to hear her uh, quite a bit uh, in the future. And so we're excited about that. How can people between now and the next time you're on the podcast connect with you online, Sharissa? All right. So on Twitter, find me at Sharissa Cowart. I promise I will get that changed um, probably soon um, on LinkedIn and Instagram at Sharissa Carnell. So at Sharissa Cowart, C-H-A-R-I-S-S-A-C-O-W-A-R-T on Twitter and everywhere else, Sharissa Carnell, C-A-R-N-A-L-L. Awesome. Well, we'll have those in the show notes. So go to socialmedia.church. Uh, we'll have the links to those social media platforms and link over there and get you there easily. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you on the next episode. Oh,